0: Welcome back to another edition of the Q&A. We're with the questions and alcohol on the Kentucky side of things as we go and talk about uh, some drinks and even art to a degree uh, because what she creates is is pretty amazing and what she's going to be talking about kind of, I think, goes in the world of art in the way of words. Um, We're here with Heather Wibbles, mixologist and author. Her new book, Bourbon Is My Comfort Food, is out now. And Heather, uh, thanks for taking some time to talk to us.
1: Oh, absolutely. I can talk cocktails all day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I got your name correct, too, because I got worried.
1: No, you did. You did good. You got it right the first time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I told you it's a 50-50 chance. And as folks that listen to this show, you just never know what what I'm going to be able to to say. And, you know, as I mentioned, you're a mixologist. You're an author, writer. You you do a lot of things. Um, But before we really dive deep into all that, all that, Can you just maybe give me the cliff Notes version of a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Well, my name is Heather Wibbles. I am currently managing director of Bourbon Women. I was previously the chair of Bourbon Women. And like you said, I write for some bourbon and whiskey magazines. I do digital content creation for brands. Um, I focus mostly on whiskey, which is helpful when you live in Kentucky. right um I really started my journey with neat bourbon and you know bourbon on the rocks and eventually moved to cocktails which is kind of backwards of what everyone else does most people generally start with cocktails and then move straight into neat bourbon so I, I went about things a little bit differently um, but yeah but I also do beverage photography uh, focused on cocktails of course because if you make it look pretty people are more likely to try a cocktail buy a product you know if it makes them thirsty I think I've met my
0: goal. <laughs> and if you don't follow her on social media, you need to, because it is amazing to see the creations that, that, that you do. And I also enjoyed how you said you kind of came at it backwards in terms of going neat to cocktails. I did that a little bit of it myself. Um, normally you would say you'd come in at the 80 proof point on drinks. Mm-hmm. For some reason I dove into the deep end and was starting at 120 some odd proof because nice. that's what people wanted to talk about. And and uh, I, I've had to learn a few things along the way. Um, you know, you, you mentioned you, you do all this—the amazing photography, the cocktails. You can get that on your social, which is um, at Cocktail Contessa. Is that how you say? Well, it? on
1: Facebook, it's Cocktail Contessa. On Instagram, is Cocktail Underscore Contessa. Contessa. Yeah. So if you add the underscore in there, if you're doing Instagram, you'll get to the right place and it'll look just like the uh, picture over here. That's what uh, my photographs (laughs) kind of look like. So you'll know you're in the right place. if You see pictures that look like that.
0: And I was going to say, how did you get the name? And I know if I'm not mistaken, that um, uh, Peggy Stevens had a little bit to to do with that. And it just stuck.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, I have been doing content creation for bourbon women. This all started because I won the bourbon women, not your pink drink contest three years in a row. And they said, hey, maybe you could stop competing and maybe you could judge now. And I said, sure. And they asked me to create some content for the association. So I was doing content for them. And Peggy was going to have a like a a thank you reception at her house for Susan Ringler, who had been president for three years and had retired from her term. And she asked me to make cocktails. And so I walked in the door and Peggy said, as she does, um, oh, it's the cocktail contessa. And I said, hey, would you mind if I took that name and ran with it? She said, Sure. So that's kind of where the name came from. And yeah, it's I registered it, got the website like a day later. So I've, you know, built a pretty good following on cocktailcontesta.com, you know, have over a thousand subscribers to my newsletter, have tons of followers on social media. And it's, you know, it's largely people who like me want to learn more about cocktails and doing cocktails at home. And and just have fun with it. I try to make it really approachable and not too difficult because I feel like if people can, if it looks approachable and if it sounds easy, they'll be more likely to play with it at home and, and kind of start that journey on their own.
0: Well, and you mentioned, you know, the, that you, you won contest, you, you, bourbon women was a big part of everything. Um, but how did you get into cocktails? Like what kind of drove you to, to go down that, that path and, and give those a shot?
1: I was trying to get everyone else to love whiskey as much as I did. That's, that's like, that's everything in a nutshell, everything with cocktails I've done to try and talk more people into drinking whiskey. My husband didn't like whiskey. It was great because I had a designated driver, but then I got kind of smack (laughs) for having more than 30 bottles of bourbon. And if you're in bourbon for more than like a year or two and you drink it, you know, 30 bottles. Is not really that much? I mean, it sounds like a lot if you're not into bourbon, but once you're into bourbon, uh, you know, hundred bottles plus is really not that unusual because you see something new and you try it and you want to bring it home to share with other people. And whiskey's all about sharing. And so one of the things that I wanted to do was to share this with my family and my friends. So he, uh, I finally got him to taste a cocktail at the village anchor in Louisville that he liked. It was a um, old fashioned at the village anchor and it had brown sugar, simple syrup, and it had orange bitters. And I thought, well, I can make that at home. So every week I would make an old fashioned and I would switch out the base spirit, right? So it would be bourbon, uh, like maybe uh, Jim Beam Black one week. And it might be wild turkey the next week. It might be four roses the next week. And so I would make two. And I have him taste test both and decide which one he likes. So over time he got to the point where he was tasting the bourbons before the cocktail. And then he was just like, well, don't bother with the cocktail. I'll just sip on the <laughs> bourbon. And so I have, I have managed to talk him into, you know, cocktails and bourbon through cocktails. I've managed to convert a number of family members, lots of friends. I I just use cocktails as a way to make whiskey, not so intimidating. And You know, if you sip whiskey at 80 proof and you're used to wine and beer, there's a huge difference between just a little, (laughs) just a little, even if it's 80 proof whiskey, like to like you and I who really like high proof spirits, 80 proof, you know, sometimes is it on the rocks? Is it not, you know, what's that 80 proof thing about, but for people who are new to bourbon and new to whiskey. 80 proof can be really intimidating if you're used mm-hmm. to, you know, a beer, you know, six beer wine, six, 8%, or even a really light cocktail may only be up to maybe 20, 22%. So there's a big difference between that and 40% and getting people used to the taste of whiskey in a cocktail makes it more approachable for them to taste whiskey on the rocks, which then makes it more approachable for them to taste it neat. And you know, every master distiller, every person I've ever talked to about uh, who's made whiskey really doesn't care how you drink it as long as you enjoy it. If you love it and if you love how you're drinking it, they're happy. You're enjoying it the way they meant.
0: I, I, I love that. That's my philosophy. Drink it how you like it with who you like it. And, you know, you, you touch too that you, you, you know, that you can see the picture behind you. You got an amazing cocktail on the, on the cover. What's your favorite part about the creation of these cocktails. Is it the presentation at the end or is it the recipe as you build or, or something else?
1: I like all of it, honestly. <laughs> it's it's a creative challenge, right? So first you're trying to, the, the Whiskey Geek in Me loves to match a flavor that's maybe underrepresented on the nose or underrepresented on the palate and pull it through with some of the other elements. Like uh, let's say I have a whiskey that's very, um caramel forward but has notes of cinnamon in it and maybe I want to bring the cinnamon out a little bit well I could make a cocktail like a Manhattan where I use cinnamon bitters I could infuse my vermouth with cinnamon sticks and so I can expand or explode those notes by sort of the secondary flavors that I build into the cocktail so for me You know, it starts with a fascination with whiskey and what's in the whiskey, how how it noses, how it tastes, what the mouthfeel is, and seeing what associations that I make with that whiskey with other food items, either desserts or drinks or anything like that. And so I can really take the time to match those flavors with something else and pull them up out of the whiskey. And I think for whiskey geeks, talking about flavor, talking about aromas and talking about mouthfeel in the terms of cocktails is very enticing and it can, it can really help them approach cocktails in a more friendly way. I think a lot of times whiskey drinkers think that they should not be drinking their whiskey and cocktails or that you can't call yourself a whiskey drinker. If you're drinking your whiskey and cocktails, that's really, that's the main thing that I'm really fighting against against, is people thinking that because they drink their whiskey in a cocktail, they can't call themselves a whiskey drinker. And it's, and it creates a lot of exclusivity and it creates a lot of, you know, me versus them thinking and language when really I think as long as you're enjoying your whiskey, drink it, enjoy it. I mean, if you want a cocktail, do it. If you want it neat, do it. But we, when I, what I love to do with whiskey drinkers, I, it's one of my favorite things is I talk to them about, um making a flight of cocktails. And so they'll make the same cocktail with maybe three different base spirits Okay. and do like with um, like I did one with Fred Minnick, where we did black Manhattan's and we had a different base spirit in each one. And it was blind. Neither of us knew which base spirit was in each one. And so whiskey drinkers are so used to thinking about things in terms of flights that when you give them cocktails and flights, which number one, they wouldn't have thought of doing. Mm-hmm. But when you True. give them cocktail flights and you give them the sample spirit to try with it, whatever element you're changing, it can really be an experience that changes the way they think about cocktails, cocktails, complexity, and, and how much fun it can be when you're a whiskey drinker and you want to pull, you know, separate little notes out of the whiskey and tie it to the overall flavor.
0: Well, and it, and it gives someone a, a chance to kind of just, uh, break up the, 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 in monotony of maybe just having the same thing over and over again and and to try something new. And I know, you, like you said, you love to kind of teach people, get them out of their comfort zone a little bit or or make them more comfortable in a certain way. And is that kind of what your your book, Bourbon is My uh, Comfort Food, is? And, and how did it come about?
1: You know, it's really, it's just a love song to bourbon and bourbon cocktails. <laughs> My whole journey started with bourbon women, and it's this group of women who are all about celebrating bourbon culture, um, celebrating bourbon education and getting people who are overlooked in terms of bourbon marketing and bourbon sales, getting them into the conversation. Right. So the book really started because it was the 10 year anniversary of bourbon women. And we were, you know, Peggy, no Stevens and Susan Wrangler came to me and said, we think we should have a book. It's been 10 years. Um, we think you should put one together with cocktails. And when I did some, and of course you say, yes, when Mm -hmm. either of them asks you to do anything. Um, and they, when I did the research on what existed currently for bourbon and cocktail books, largely they're just lists of cocktails or a historical look at the types of cocktails that are popular. And so when I put this together, I really wanted it to be something that spoke to whiskey and bourbon drinkers, but also to people who were new to cocktails And A lot of whiskey and bourbon drinkers are new to cocktails. They they have cocktails when someone else fixes it for them, but whiskey drinkers have such a, a, a magnificent way of describing and evaluating flavor and mouthfeel and aroma, all the things that are important in a cocktail. Whiskey drinkers really make good evaluators of cocktails, and they can really think about flavor pairings in ways that are beneficial when you're building a cocktail. So I did some research and I thought, well, I wanna teach people how to make cocktails in a way that's approachable and fun, but also one that builds in some experiences of developing your palate. So every um, main chapter within the book where I discuss say old fashions or Manhattans or highballs, I also give you a flavor experience. So I give you an experiment you can do called a cocktail lab and like for old fashions you have four old fashions and you have different bitters in each one. And then you go back in and you add a second set of bitters in each one. So not only do you see what the bitters do to the bourbon, but you also see what combinations of bitters do and bring out in a particular bourbon. So I really wanted to take the time to give people the ability to develop their own cocktail palette. And that works for both people who are new to cocktails and people who are new to bourbon.
0: Well, and then, you know, you mentioned Susan and and Peggy. Um, who, who are awesome and, and have written many books of their own uh, together and separately. What was it like to have Susan uh, kind of do the, the forward?
1: Uh, amazing. Uh, I, Susan, I, Susan is such a great friend. She has mentored me. She and Peggy were both great mentors for this process. And, you know, I didn't really ask a lot of questions when they said, Hey, we thought you should do a book. And, and so once I got into it, there were a lot of times where I would call up Peggy or Susan and say, Hey, this is where I am in the process. Um, what was it like when you were, cause they were working, uh, Susan especially has done several books with, uh, the uni- university, press Kentucky, which is who this is through. And so I was really able to, um, talk to her when I needed help or when, when I didn't understand what the process was. So both of them were really able to kind of guide me through it. And so having Susan write the forward, was just sort of icing on top of the cake, uh, cause she had really seen the book from the initial manuscripts to, you know, getting feedback from her and the polished proofs. Um, so it was, it was really, you know, it, it was amazing to have her write the forward too. It's very special
0: to me. Well, and you know, I, I, I love to get to read that because it, it did kind of tell you, tell everything of how, how bourbon women started, you know, and, and Peggy's idea and how Susan got invited and then got involved. And, and then you're, you're, you know, first time there, or at least one of your first times, I loved her story on, did you really bring in your purse, a bottle of cocktails, a uh, premixed cocktail drink for them to try? Cause I just love that.
1: <laughs> I am known for having tiny bottles of cocktails in my purse. I, that is absolutely true. I can run over to the pantry and show you the exact kinds of bottles that I usually carry. Um, but early on when I was doing lots of bourbon women events and doing cocktail development, my best friend is one of my, primary tasters. She's got an amazing palate. Kate's just, she's been on the journey with me from the beginning. So she's really seen the evolution of what I've been able to do over this whole time. And I would often bring tiny bottles of cocktails to her at events because it was, I was going to see her that week. I'll just bring it to her and we can do a transfer of cocktails surreptitiously from purse to purse. Well, a couple of times I was at events and, um, Peggy or Susan was there and, neither of them live as close to me as Kate. And so they were interested in what I was doing. So I just gave them the sample <laughs> to try. And I'm like, Kate, I'll drop it off at your front door in a, in a day or two, because I, it's usually it was something that was batched that I had a couple samples of. So that's really, yes, absolutely. I do care. In fact, I... I don't know if most whiskey drinkers do that. I also have a small funnel, a small empty shot glass. It's like on a keychain, and then a pipette that I carry in my purse, <laughs> just in case you need a pipette, you know,
0: <laughs> you are prepared for any occasion I am. That, that that might come about. And you know, when I was looking at the book, um, uh, bourbon is my comfort food. Uh, you, you talk about, you, you know, you mentioned kind of the the lab and, and the different chapters a little bit. What, um, was the process like for you in coming up with with everything? I mean, did you have an idea kind of sketched out when they read, you know, said, hey, you should write this, or did you just it evolve over time and, and how did that go?
1: And, you know, it really evolved over time because I really wanted to do research, like I said, in what other bourbon cocktail books look like and what kind of information they were presenting because I, I wanted something that was different, but also something that was very approachable. And I think sometimes. Uh, cocktail geeks and mixologists can get a little um, esoteric in the stories that they tell, which is interesting, but it may not always help you develop cocktails. It may not always help you build your palate. And I wanted to really focus on being able to help people with that. Just like the more bourbon you drink and experience, the better your palate and the more you understand what you love. Cocktails are the same way. The more cocktails you try, the more cocktails you make that maybe need a tweak or two, the more that you are able to take your own palette and use that to create cocktails in the future. So, you know, for me, I, you know, and, and honestly, Susan's initial ask was, you've got 50 or 60 cocktails by now, right? And you've got pictures, yeah. you could just do a <laughs> book like that. And yeah, I could, I could have absolutely, I could have done a book like that, but to me, it was more important. And it was more on brand with what bourbon women do, which is educate and be very inclusive and bring more people into the conversation. Um, I can't tell you how many people who are friends who never consider drinking a bourbon cocktail and they see the book and they're like, now i have to try cocktails it you you know i make it seem approachable hopefully that's you know that's the feedback i've gotten but also um make it seem like something that they can experiment with and make their own which is important to me because you can't most people can't make their own bourbon right yeah (laughs) But, but you can make your own signature cocktail you can refine exactly your perfect manhattan and you know one of the things that i talk about in the book and every time i speak is that your palate is your own in cocktails just like bourbon. So you can't let anyone else tell you what you like and what your perfect cocktail is. There may be a perfect, you know, a perfect version of an old fashioned, but it may not be your perfect version. And so as you, you know, journey with cocktails, I guess is the best way to say that taking time to explore what flavors you like and how you want to approach cocktails, me personally, I want to taste the whiskey in my cocktail. So I'm usually using mid to high proof bourbons, sometimes very high proof. And I don't have, I don't use cocktails I wouldn't drink neat in my, I wouldn't use bourbon, I wouldn't drink neat in my cocktails. I think it's very important to use good quality and even high end bourbon in a cocktail because when you make a Manhattan with a good whiskey, it's good. But if you make it with a great whiskey, like a premium, a super premium whiskey, and you match the flavors of the vermouth and the bitters to the bourbon, it is like a symphony in your mouth. It is just a thing of beauty because you can about elevate the actual flavors in the whiskey and turn them into something more than they can be on their own.
0: I I love that Uh, a a symphony uh, of flavors. And, you know, when, when I was looking through the book, you know, you do take the chapter approach, kind of, you mentioned, you talk a little bit about certain drinks. You also talk about the basics. Then you kind of, feel like, you know, build off of that. So to me, it, it almost builds. Like if you read it, you learn a little bit about, okay, this is what I probably need to have to start. Okay. These are how these, the traditional cocktails that you would always see out and about. Um, and then other ones that you can maybe try and riff off of is that kind of, was that the goal to build and learn and, and kind of get through the process?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think, talking about cocktail as a template so different cocktail types like the old-fashioned manhattan they don't have a lot of elements they have a very specific maybe three or four elements in them and they're elements that all can very easily be tweaked so you can very easily change the vermouth or the base spirit or the syrup or the bitters and if you understand you know If you understand those specific elements that are in the cocktail, you can start to understand how to change them and affect the flavor. So for me, it was important to start with basic cocktail templates and explain them and why they worked. And then talk about how you can take particular elements within the cocktail, say the bitters in an old fashioned. And you can really explode explore and explode if you want but explore <laughs> and the the flavor explosions i guess um, that you have when you pair those bitters in certain ways with elements either in the base spirit or with the syrup
0: and you know you also at the beginning said you know you write for a couple of magazines you do um you're, you're pretty consistent on, on all that you have your your website as well how did the book differ from that for you because you know a lot of people will be like ah oh, it's a book it's you know, anyone, you know, you, you've done writing, but it's a different process. And I'm sure it was a, a different way to, to go about things.
1: It, it was completely different. I, I will say that writing for a website and keeping in mind SEO, you know, as search engine optimization, uh, making sure that you write for things that people are searching for, that in itself is completely different from writing for a magazine, which is something that a readership, like knowledge that they need to add, something they may not already know to ask. And those two things are very different from a book, which is, first of all, much longer, but also has to be a cohesive whole. So it has to have these pieces that fit together to contribute to an end goal. And my end goal really was to make cocktails approachable and to make bourbon cocktails sound fun and easy. Because I think if people think it sounds approachable, but also something that they can personalize, I think it engages people a little bit more, you know, my what I hope with this book is that it's not a book that sits on the shelf. It's a book that gets dirty with, with Luxardo cherry syrup and splashes of bitters and spilled bourbon. I want it to be a book where people use it. And I had somebody say, I don't want to use it. I don't want to get it dirty. I'm like, that is the highest compliment that you could give me <laughs> is to have, you know, ice melting on the pages. That is the highest compliment. Cause then I know that you're using it and that you're, exploring cocktails and exploring bourbon in a way that maybe you haven't before.
0: And, you know, bourbon women obviously is a a big part of all this because when it's kind of done in conjunction with the the 10th anniversary, but also that's your journey, you know, into, Mm -hmm. into a lot of this, um, just, can you talk a little bit about that organization how important it's been to you, the book and just, um, everything in general?
1: Oh, sure. Um, you know, I, I talked about bourbon women a little bit and it's, You know, we've grown from a very small organization with just, you know, a couple hundred people in Kentucky. I think initially we thought it would probably stay in Kentucky, but today we have chapters across the country, state, across the coast, uh, from coast to coast, really. I think we have 15 chapters now, uh, 15 branches. We call them branches because, you know, called branch water, you know, creeks are Mm -hmm. called branches in Kentucky. So, um, but really for bourbon women that, Uh, push to educate and celebrate bourbon culture and to really curate great events. Um, while you're teaching people, a lot of what we do is keyed into experiences because you can learn about bourbon, but experiencing bourbon, either at a distillery or in a tasting flight or in a cocktail, that's different that really helps you build a personal set of experiences, personal knowledge of something. So, you know, bourbon women as an organization that helps develop, um, you know, it doesn't really feel like networking or professional development when you've got a glass of bourbon in your hand. I'll be honest, right? <laughs> and having a having a space where women are gathered together uh, to sip on whiskey, there's something really magical about that. From the very first event that I went to, and I think it was 2013, probably 2013, I think it was Fred Minnick's um, book, Whiskey Women, had come out and there was an event at the Filson Club in Louisville. And at that event, I kind of saw what happens when you get a room full of women around sipping whiskey and learning about whiskey. Um, There is something really magical about that. And the other thing I love about that is it. When we bring in speakers who are men or uh, male led companies, and they have a room full of women sipping their whiskey and asking them questions about it, it's almost an aha moment for them because they see that there's this segment of the market. There's this segment of the population that wants to be a fan, that wants to learn, that wants to be educated. And, And once we're in, we're all in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think you know Bourbon Women itself in terms of um, being able to promote and educate about Bourbon, but also bring brands to consumers and vice versa. That is something that we take very seriously because we want people to be able to educate themselves, but also we want to grow the community. So we want you to tell your daughter or your mother or your aunt. We want you to bring your best friend. We want you to, to talk to the other person that you work with who you think saw, uh, you think you saw drink bourbon that one time. You know, bring them into the fold so that we can really explore bourbon together as a group. And and the book really is a way, is a tool for you to use to get more people to drink bourbon with you. It's completely self-serving because I want everyone to enjoy bourbon and to enjoy bourbon cocktails. And since cocktails are the gateway to bourbon that's kind of the hook that I use to, for the book and to create the book and to tie into Bourbon Women.
0: And, and as you said, bourbon is for, for everyone. I mean, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not just one, 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 and it's not just one way either. And, you know, for, for you, when did you, have you always loved bourbon or, or was that something that you eventually became, began to enjoy? I mean, are you allowed to say, I don't want to get you in trouble?
1: <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's a great question. I, I will say, You know, I have always enjoyed bourbon, but I have did not really explore it seriously until I moved back here. I lived in Nashville for about 17 years. And when I moved back, I thought, well, I should really know a little bit more about the main economic driver in the state I now live in. And I I grew up in Jeffersonville, Indiana, so right across the river. So technically, I'm from the area. Although if you'd asked me back then, if I would ever call myself a Kentuckian, I would have be aghast because when you're raised in the Indiana public schools, you don't really do that. Um, but, but for, as, as far as, um, you know, you know what, honestly, I forgot the question. What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> have you always loved bourbon or was there something yes. else
0: beforehand? <laughs>
1: Um, so when I lived in Tennessee, I always made a Derby pie for Derby. I always made it very, very strong. And no one, everyone in Tennessee was like, why is there so much whiskey in this pie? I'm like, that's what makes it good. So even back then I was drinking, I was doing more cooking with bourbon, honestly. So I would put it in cookies. I would put it in whipped cream. I would put it in my pancakes. I would put it in my maple syrup, you know, but I wasn't making many cocktails. And, um, about the time I moved back to, Kentucky, they sort of opened up the amount of tastings that you could do in distilleries. They opened up the ability, even in dry counties, you know, then they said that if you had a tasting room in dry counties that, you know, you could think about giving them a little bit of a tasting. So as my journey into Kentucky started, that's really when I started to center a little bit more on bourbon. And once I started doing the bourbon trail and joined bourbon women, it just went from there. It was just, I couldn't get enough. And I still feel that way. I have broadened from just bourbon to bourbon and rye whiskey, and I have Irish whiskey and Scotch. just an overall whiskey lover, but bourbon's always been there. My dad actually tells the story that sometimes when I couldn't sleep, he would dip the bottle into uh, whiskey. So there was a little whiskey taste on on the nipple when I was being bottle fed. So I don't know if that's exactly <laughs> true, or if he just tells that now because I'm in whiskey and he thinks it's funny.
0: <laughs> hey, there, there's a lot of old wives tales on, on that for teething and sleep and, and everything. So maybe you were just always meant to, to to be doing this. And and did you ever really think that this would be something that that you would be doing where you're like you said, you're, you're working with bourbon women, you you're writing columns, you've written a book. You're now working with distilleries on, you know, creating cocktails for them so they can showcase their product and vice versa. I mean, was this ever something you dreamed of?
1: I would never have imagined three years ago that this would be where I was now. I will say that Uh, COVID changed a lot of things for me and for everyone. And one of the things that COVID really did was put me on this trajectory um, and into being more in the bourbon world, being more in the cocktail world and doing this kind of creation. Um, you know, I, no, I would never have guessed three years ago, I would be here, but I'm on this path and I'm loving, I was talking with Peggy about it yesterday. And I said, I would never have guessed three years ago that this would be where I would be sitting. And, and we were just talking about how, things change in life and how your direction changes. And it may not be a direction that you envision for yourself, but it ones that it's one that fits you exactly in that right moment. And so I feel like I'm in that place where I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and everything has just sort of aligned. And since the book has come out, I've been able to do a lot more uh, in terms of education and cocktail classes and you know, help with fundraisers for different uh, nonprofits as well. And so being able to talk about cocktails and have the book really changes the conversation that I have with people. Cause I can really say, it really isn't that hard. Let me show you what page this is on in my book. Um, and you'll know how to do this at home. So yeah. So that, that's my answer. I would not have <laughs> met And 10 years ago. No way. I would never would never. I mean, I was a massage therapist before this. So both things make people happy and mo- both things, things make people feel good. So in a way, it's sort of a continuation of that. But um 10 years ago, I would not have imagined this now.
0: And, and what is it like working with some of these distilleries that, that reach out and say, hey, can you here's our product and we'd love for you to create something? I mean, do you have a lot of freedom on that? And they just kind of go, hey, you got a blank canvas, or, or do they, you know, go, Well, we're looking for this?
1: Uh both ways. You know, honestly, if I'm creating content for someone, I wanna know if there are particular flavors or products they wanna use. Sometimes if they have a gift shop, if they want me to create a product using other ingredients in their gift shop so they can kind of say, hey, you can make this on your own. We have these ingredients in our gift shop. If they want to just give me a blank canvas and say, create something seasonal, I am 100% okay with that. But but I always have a conversation with people about what they expect and what the cocktails are gonna be used for. If it's a cocktail that they want to make super easy, so people will just go and buy a bottle of their product and lemonade and maybe one other ingredient. That's one thing. If they want something that looks really fancy, something that they might get at a craft cocktail bar, um, which I, I honestly love that because the, the ability to layer flavors on top of bourbon can be really amazing. And so, you know, really it goes both ways. And I really let the client direct me to what their goal is. But but there is a lot of give and take, right? So they may say, we want a cocktail that does X, Y, Z. And I may play with it a little bit and say, I, I can do it these ways. Um, and this is sort of, and sometimes they're asking me to develop things for on-premise, so things to promote to bars. And so they want something that bars will readily have available. So I might give them two or three different options based on how big that urban area is, what kind of access they would have to particular ingredients. So I, All of that comes in together as input. That's a challenge to create something that a tastes really good and B makes their whiskey or their product shine. I mean, I work with gin companies and rum companies. I I will work with any spirit. Really. I just happen to do a lot of with whiskey because I love whiskey and I have more contacts in the whiskey industry.
0: Well, and like I said, at the beginning, you need to follow her on social media because she makes amazing cocktails, great photography. You, You just want to drink them. And, you know, as I wrap up, do you have any other fun projects coming down another book, maybe, or we're going to take a little break for a little while on that? I mean, what else do you have in store for us?
1: Well, technically I should be starting my next book already, (laughs) but I haven't, I've got three different ideas of possibilities I can do. So I, I don't really know uh, which one I'm going to, which one I'm going to end up on. Um, And, you know, the book really only, was released on May 3rd so I'm just at like week 5 of it being officially released so right now I'm just trying to get a lot of press for the book um because you know when the expense in creating a book isn't just writing it it's putting it together it's the back end for it and I really want to give kudos to you know UK press because they took a manuscript and a bunch of photography pictures and made it into something that's really beautiful. And they, they styled it really well and, and made it into something that I think they as a press and I, as an individual can be really proud of. So as far as what's next, um, more bourbon, more cocktails, (laughs) more whiskey and more teaching and, you know, talking about bourbon cocktails, because I, I really think, you know, I can hand somebody a book, but if I show them how easy it is to make a cocktail, for example, I did a, a, um, a presentation in Lexington last week on on Wednesday, and I just demonstrated two cocktails and they got to try both of the cocktails. And then I talked to them about how easy it was to make. And one of the cocktails wasn't even in the book. And I did that on purpose because I, I talked to them. I said, you know, I want to tell you how I came up with this cocktail and why, and I want to tell you why it works. Um, and I use the methods that I talk about and the approach that I talk about in my book to do this. So it's really something that I think um, is easy and it's something that you can do at home. And I think doing it, it in that kind of way can be really engaging to people. Um, so I would encourage, I have no idea what I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in 10 years. Like, like I said, I don't. I wouldn't have imagined I was here 10 years ago. So, you know, I just hope this trajectory continues. It's a good match for my personality. It's a good match for my love of creativity and, and it's a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Beverage photography is one of the hardest types of photography. There are because the glass is reflective. The ice is reflective, you know, every single thing in your picture, including the liquid is reflective. And I didn't really realize that when I started doing beverage photography, I thought, oh, I'll just take some good pictures of my cocktails. How hard could that be? Well, um, it can be challenging. So I don't know what my next challenge is going to be, but I'm pretty sure it's going to involve cocktails and whiskey. Let me put it that way.
0: <laughs> well, I can't wait to to see what you have next. And like I said, follow her on social media, to keep up up to date her website as well. And Heather, this was an absolute blast and I appreciate the time.
1: Well, thank you. Can I make just a couple website plugs?
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: All right, so for women who are interested in joining Bourbon Women, we would love to have you with us. It's bourbonwomen.org. My personal website is cocktailcontessa.com. Instagram is cocktail underscore contessa. And also my Facebook is just regular cocktail contessa. So Please join us for the ladies on the call or for men who are interested in drinking with women who have a lot of fun and do a lot of cool experiences with brand partners. Um, We do let men attend our events. They do have a really good time. And some of them have told us, don't let any more men join. We like it being mostly women. It's a completely different feel. So I had to give a little plug for bourbon women just because, you know, it's my heart.
0: And it's an absolutely great organization and, and everyone that I've ever gotten to interact with there has been wonderful. And and like I said, Heather, this has been wonderful. And like I said, I appreciate the time.
1: Well, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. And if anybody has needs any cocktail help, you can always DM me on any social media platform and I do cocktail customer support. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Jonathan.